for uh, kids camp so you can uh, head on out. Yeah, well, while uh, everybody heads out, just to remind you, we're uh, finishing up today. We're wrapping up with the uh, last message in a series called uh, Financial Peace in uh, Turbulent Times. And so, you know, we talked about uh, the first week, just kind of summarize, we talked about how God owns everything and He's exceedingly rich. He's our Father and He wants to bless us. Uh, Last week we talked about, you know, living within our means, getting those boundaries and uh, being able to fight off that debt attack and uh, being able to get our financial house in order so that we manage it uh, as a good steward. So so today we move on, and we move on probably to the toughest part. But I want to tell you, as much as you listened to the last two, if you found those valuable, you got to listen today. Because you can't just do message one and message two. It's a package deal. And so today we're going to focus on that experience of giving, of returning to God and getting our financial house in order in terms of how we respond to what God blesses, uh, blesses us with. Why don't you watch the screen for a minute, knowing that uh, just this topic evokes all kinds of emotions. Let's get them out on the table. Watch the screen for a minute, will you? Should I tithe from my net or my gross paycheck? If I tithe 15%, will you help me find a wife? I'm sure my husband gave some last week. I'll tithe next week. Jay, I wonder how much money the church is wasting on these little envelopes. You can have it, but I want you to know I'm not happy about it. I made all those cookies for kids smogger. God's really not going to miss my money. Who really cares if I tithe for my bonus? Once my taxes are all paid. After my credit cards. Once my car's paid off. Once my loans are paid off, then I'll tithe. I'll start giving again. Then I can tithe. Then I can tithe. I have so little to give. If the game starts at 1.15 and we leave church by 12.30, we can grab lunch and have 15 minutes to make the iron on. I love you, God. I love you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I love you, God. I love you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, I love you, God. I love you. All right, did we get it all out on the table? I know those are all kinds of things that float around as we begin to talk about uh, this topic. Uh, but I, again, I want, I want to remind you how absolutely vital this is. Uh, and I hope this morning that you'll open not just your ears, but your hearts, your minds, uh, and you'll take this just as seriously as, uh, as all the other messages or any other message uh, that I bring to you. Uh, and we know it's important. Uh, we can go back into the scripture. We'll do that this morning, and I'm I'm going to hopefully just let uh, the scripture do most of the talking this morning, uh, because I know that when we get to this topic, uh, it's easy for folks to kind of pull me aside and begin to question or doubt or, you know, question what I have to say. Um, but I also know that when I share the word with you and just show you in the scripture where it is, it's pretty hard to argue with God about it. Uh, and so that's my goal this morning: is just to show you. Uh, how important God takes this part of our life. Let's get it on the table right away then and, and talk about what God expects from us. We know uh, that God expects us to follow Him in all things. right? So if I'd say this morning, well, okay, does God expect us to follow Him when He says, do not steal? You would say? Yes, absolutely. Does God expect us to follow Him when He says, look, don't bear false witness? You'd say? Yes, absolutely. You're doing good so far, right? 
So all along, so far, we could say, do not kill, do not do this, do not... We could come up with a whole lot of things that God has given to our lives to say, look, if you follow these things, this is for your good. I'm laying this stuff out so that you understand that when you follow these things, you're in agreement with me, we're living close together, and this is for your good because I can bring favor into your life. And we can follow along with the do not steal, the do not kill, don't bear false witness, and all the other stuff that we can put on the list. The truth of the matter is, if you're okay with all those things, you got to be okay with everything God asks of you. You can't pick or choose. You can't just say, well, I'll follow that one, but eh, not sure, sure I want to follow that one. And so this morning, God is going to come to you and say, look, you got to follow me in all things. you got to follow me in all things that I expect. We can go back into the Old Testament and see where God made a covenant with Jacob, Jacob about following. And we can see the content of that covenant included Jacob returning to God 10%, the tithe. You heard about that before? Okay. Uh, let's look in the Scripture and see where it happens. It's Genesis uh, 28. It says, Jacob solemnly promised God, if you go with me and watch over me as I travel, and if you give me food and clothes and bring me safely home again, you will be my God. This rock will be your house, and I will give back to you a tenth of everything you give me. Now, don't get focused in on God living in a rock, okay? That's not the point of the text. It's a symbol of building an altar is what he's talking about there, that God's going to be present with him, right? Uh, the point of the, the whole text is obviously God is making some promises over Jacob's life. And Jacob is responding and saying, we are going to be in relationship. And Jacob understands from the beginning of the relationship that to be in relationship with God means you follow Him in all things, and that includes returning to Him the tithe, 10%. That's what God asks of us. Now, does God ask that of us because somehow God needs 10% of what we have? Not at all. Remember, we started out in our first week saying... God owns everything. Exactly. He owns everything. You have this wealthy father who wants to bring great things into your life. He owns everything. You see, our giving back this 10% tithe is not a financial transaction. It is a faith transaction. You see, Jacob returning the tithe is saying, God, I'm going to trust you in absolutely everything. I'm going to trust that you are going to provide me with the food and clothes and you're going to bring me safely home again. God, I'm going to trust you that you're going to do absolutely everything you've promised in my life. The tithe, returning the 10%, is our way of standing up in faith before God and saying, look, God, we trust you in absolutely all all things. It is a faith transaction. And that's why God requires it. God doesn't require it because God needs our 10%. He owns everything. He requires it because it is that standing up in our relationship and standing out in front of the world in our relationship that says, look, we trust God more in everything. If you're going to have peace in financial turbulent times, it is because you follow God in all things. 
And one of the things he asks of all of us is that we return the 10%, the tithe. If you need clear biblical evidence, go to Leviticus uh, 27. It says there, 10%, God's speaking here, by the way, 10% of everything you harvest is holy and belongs to me, whatever it, whether it grows in your fields or on your fruit trees. Pretty simple, straightforward. God is asking of us to be faithful in all things and return to Him 10%. Now, it gets a little more fine print. A little more fine print when you go to Exodus 23. Exodus 23 says, Each year bring the best part of your first harvest to the place of worship. So God wants not only 10%, but what 10% does He want? The first. Do you see that? He wants the first 10%. Why? Because that's the statement of faith. Let me tell you a story. There was a missionary in Africa, and he'd he'd just been growing a church over there. Everything was going great. He was teaching biblical truth like this, and um, he's in his little hut, you know, and there was a knock at the door. He went over and opened the door, and there stood a little boy holding a giant fish. And the little boy said, Reverend, I brought my tithe to you. And he gave the missionary the fish. Well, the missionary was overjoyed that here this little boy was standing up, standing out for God, being faithful, bringing the tithe. But then he got looking around and he only saw one fish. So he said, well, where's the rest of the catch? Where's the other nine? And the little boy said, oh, they're still back in the river, but I'm going to go catch them right now. Now, what's the boy saying? He's saying, look, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand out. I'm going to make a statement of faith that says, God... I am going to be faithful to you in all things because I know you're faithful to me. See, I can be faithful in returning to God the first of the 10% because I know God is good for it. God wants to provide for me. God desires. My rich heavenly Father wants to bring the best into my life. We stand up and stand out by returning to God our first 10% because we know God will provide. Now, some sit and they hear this and they say, okay, now, come on, you're only pointing to Old Testament stuff here. And we're New Testament people. All right, let me take you into the New Testament. Go into Matthew 23. Now, you got to watch this text really carefully because it's just kind of embedded in there. So don't get lost in the text. you got to watch it close. This is Jesus uh, talking to the Pharisees, and they're in conflict in this section. He says, you Pharisees and teachers are show-offs. And you're in for trouble. You give God a tenth of the spices from your garden, such as mint, dill, and cumin. They're tithing, correct? Even on the smallest of things, okay? He says, yet you neglect the more important matters of law, such as justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Now watch this verse. These are the important things you should have done, though you should not have left the others undone either. What are they supposed to do? Both. Did you get it? Supposed to do both. You're supposed to tithe, give that first fruits, give that 10%, stand up, stand out, and say you trust God more than anything. You're going to follow Him in everything. And while you're doing all that, you're also practicing justice and mercy and faithfulness. You see, He wants you to do and be everything that He created you to become. And when we make the tithe, We are understanding, standing up and standing out and trusting that God will do that. Let me give you another example. I know in the room today there is a person who will give me $100 if I just ask him for it. 
I'm absolutely convinced of that. If I just go out there and say, look, will you give me $100? There's a person in this room that will give me $100. You believe that? Let me prove it to you. Son, would you give me $100? Should be about right. Going to verify. Remember last week's message. Look at that, $100. My son gave me $100. Now, how did I know he would give me $100? I gave it to him. That's absolutely right. I gave it to him. You see the way it works? I knew he'd give me $100. One, because I gave it to him. And two, because he's my son. You see the way it works? Remember where we started on the first week? We said, God owns everything and you own nothing. He's given all of it to you. And you're his child. If my son won't withhold what I ask, why would any son or daughter withhold what God asks? You get it? That's the way it works. When we make our tithe, we make our tithe because he's our father. And we couldn't have a better father. This father promises that when we're faithful in all things, he will draw closer to us. When we're in agreement with him in all things, he will draw closer to us and he will bring favor into our lives. Look at what it says in John 14. John 14 says, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, they will obey me. And we could write right behind there, in all things, right? If anyone loves me, they will obey me. Then my Father will love them, and we will come to them and live in them. But anyone who doesn't love me won't obey me. What they have heard me say doesn't really come from me, but from the Father who sent me. This goes up to the chain of command. God promises that when we stand up and we stand out and we make that faithful tithe, He promises to draw closer to us. And when God draws closer to us, there's nothing between us. The barriers are down, and God can bring more favor into our life. You see, the consequence is when you don't bring that into our life, you create a barrier between you and God. Let me show you. It goes under the next step for us, and that is we need to therefore just trust God in all of His promises, right? We need to be faithful in all things, and that means we're just going to trust Him in all the promises He makes to us. Let me take you to Malachi 3 and, to- and show you uh, the risk involved here, of what this means to us, how important this is. Malachi 3 starts out saying, and God's talking here through the prophet. You ready? You are rog- robbing me of the offerings and of the 10% that belongs to me. That's why your whole nation is under a curse. Okay, what are they doing? They are robbing God. Is that serious? I seem to remember somewhere along the way, God said, you shall not steal. God is saying, look, you're stealing from me. That's breaking a commandment. That's how serious God is taking the situation of his people. He's saying, look, you, you are, you're stealing from me. And when you steal from me, when you rob from me, you create a barrier. Now, if I would have gone into my son's room and found this $100 and not talked to him about not asked him for it, not dealt with him in any way, but just kind of said, hey, 100 bucks, put it in my pocket, I would have stole it from him. He'd have come and looked for that $100 and discovered along the way that I stole it. Would have that put a crimp in our relationship? 
Absolutely. You see the way it works? It's no different with our Heavenly Father. When we're not faithful in all things, when we just don't stand up, stand out, and say, well, we trust your promises, God, more than anything in this world, then we put a barrier between us and God. He can't live with us and in us. And if He can't live with us and in us, His favor can't rest completely on us. It's in the last half of the verse. That's why your whole nation is under a curse. Now, this isn't one of those, uh, you know, dark witch-like curses where God just gets all huffy and says, I'm going to curse you, you know, not that. This is talking about God withdrawing His favor. So when we're not faithful in all things, when we don't just trust His promises and return the tithe, He can't draw closer to us, which means we draw further away from Him. And when we draw further away from Him, we draw further away from His favor. His favor can't come into our life. Malachi 3 continues, I am the Lord All-Powerful. Who are we talking about? The Lord All-Powerful. You see that? Lord All-Powerful. This is a big guy. I am the Lord All-Powerful, and I challenge you to put me to the test. Bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so there'll be food in my house. That's how incredible God is in this. God knows this is going to be one of those hard places for us. And so he says, look, just, just remember who I am. Remember, I'm the Lord our powerful. Remember who I am and go ahead. Take the risk. Put me to the test. I'm up for it. Put me to the test and start tithing. See, this was an awareness for me. I used to teach. Uh, I used to teach. Look, just in your giving, just start somewhere. Just start at two percent and grow to five percent, then go to eight percent, and then start giving ten percent. You know, I did more study in in this part, and I think you just got to start tithing, don't you? That's what he's saying. Just put me to the test. Don't work up to it. Just put me to the test. Just take that statement and action of faith and start doing it and see. If I, the Lord, all-powerful, won't respond. He says, Then I will, br- I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessing. Put him to the test, and he's going to bring favor into your life. Now be careful. This text is not saying that you are the next millionaire in the making. It may be, but it may not be. He didn't say, Look, put me to the test and I am going to shower you with $100 bills. He said, put me to the test and I will bring blessing upon blessing. Do you see that? That means He's going to bring into your life what is the most valuable thing you need in your life. And it may not be money. Now we know we can go into Scripture and we can see how God has brought financial blessing to people before. In fact, some of His people, Jacob got so rich and so wealthy that a king came to him and said, look, you're getting too wealthy. You've got to move on. So it's not beyond God to bring wealth and that kind of favor into our life. But what I can tell you this morning is God's going to bring into your life whatever it is, is the greatest blessing that you need. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your relationships at work. Maybe it is your work. Maybe it is your bank account. I don't know. But I know God is smart enough to know more than I do. And He'll bring into your life 
blessing upon blessing. And he even goes beyond that in Malachi 3. He says, I will also stop locusts from destroying your crops and keep your vineyards from producing. Everyone of every nation will talk about I have blessed you and about your wonderful land. I, the Lord all-powerful, have spoken. Look what he's going to do. He says, put me to the test. I'll bring blessing upon blessing into you. I'm going to put a hedge around you and I'm going to put protection around you. And I'm going to make this so incredible in your life that other people are going to stop and stare. I'm going to do this great thing in your life and other people are going to stop and take note of what's going on in your life and say, how that happened? Through that blessing, He's going to create the opportunity for you to make a witness to somebody else. We know it's turbulent financial times out there. And there's lots of people paying attention. And when we are faithful in all things, when we trust God's promises more, we can just take that breath and be at peace. And people are going to wonder, how do you do that? How do you do that? Jesus in uh, Matthew 7 reminds us that we can trust God to do this just because He's our Father. He says in Matthew 7, Would any of you give your uh, hungry child a stone? If the child asks for some bread, would you give your child a snake? If the child asks for a fish, uh, as bad as you are, you still know how to give good gifts to your children. Here's the important part. But your heavenly Father is even more ready to give good things to people who ask. How badly does God want to bring blessing into your life? You see it? And all He asks is that we are faithful in responding. Proverbs uh, 3 says it real clear. It's a real clear uh, promise to us. Honor the Lord by giving Him your money and the first part of all your crops. And here's the promise. Then you'll have more grain and grapes than you will ever need. Remember, we started at the beginning. How much does God own? Everything. The question is, where's our relationship are we being faithful in all things? Are we trusting His promises more so that He can bring whatever blessing we need into our lives? I can tell you, Jill and I, when we uh, first got married, we you know, studied the Word on this, and we became absolutely convinced that uh, God wanted uh, His people, and us included, to be tithers. And so we have tithed our whole married life and uh, never regretted that. In fact, I can't tell you the number of times in our relationship where we have had a blessing come into our life, and I'm not just talking financial, we've had blessings come into our life, and we look at that and say, God is so incredibly good. And part of us says we know He's good because we've tried to be faithful in all things, including our tithing. I can tell you I am one of the wealthiest guys in the world. Maybe not in my bank account, but I am one of the wealthiest guys in the world. And it starts because I know I have sought to be faithful in all things, including my tithe. And I would absolutely never stop doing it. I cannot imagine my life without being faithful in that tithe. If I would do that, I would enter into poverty of spirit, if nothing else. It's just the way it is. I want to invite you this morning to share that same vision, 
of what God can do in your life. Step up, step out, hear what he says this morning in all of your financial things, and make that commitment to be that faithful. If you need some encouragement in doing that, listen to what the Apostle Paul says about sharing God's vision. He says, So I've decided to ask Titus and others to spend some time with you before I arrive. This way they can arrange to collect the money you have promised. Do you see that word? These folks made a commitment. you got to make this commitment. You can't just go out this morning and say, You know, that was a good message, and man, that scripture was really clear, and boy, we ought to do that. You've got to come in a place in your spiritual life where you're ready to make that commitment. And we're going to try to help you do that today. For those of you that are members of the congregation in your mailbox, you got a nice big envelope. Uh, and those of you that are uh, uh, you know, friends of ours and you keep worshiping with us, uh, we, we've got a basket in the back with this in it. Uh, and uh, in the envelope, members, you'll find your covenant card uh, for 2009 where you just make that commitment. You make that faith promise that says, God... I trust you're going to be faithful to me in 2009. I'm going to return to you what I what I see to be my 10% tithe. And you just make that commitment. Now, we're giving you a little uh, reminder uh, with some scripture to support what we're saying this morning. And then we're giving you a worksheet to work through and determine uh, what that tithe is. Uh, and if you're a friend of the congregation, you keep visiting with us, or if you're just visiting for the first time today, we still want you to take it home. You can rip off the, the card and throw it away. But work through the promises and work through the worksheet and see what God uh, asks of you in terms of your being faithful. And when you get to the end of the worksheet, don't be afraid of the number. Because that happens so often with folks. They get to the end of the worksheet and they say, holy cow, how can I do that? Remember, it's not a financial transaction. It is a faith transaction. It's a great bumper sticker. It's one of my favorite bumper stickers. I've told you before. I'll tell you again. It says, Tithe if you love Jesus. Any idiot can honk. True? I didn't say it was easy, guys. I said it's faithful. Right? Don't be afraid when you get to that number. Uh, Paul encourages us with that. He gives us a great vision. In uh, 2 Corinthians 9, he says, Then you'll have the chance to give because you want to and not because you feel forced to. You've got to make that commitment just out of what God's leading you to do. Okay? Now get this next one. Remember this saying, A few seeds make a small harvest, but a lot of seeds make a big harvest. If you plant a few seeds, what do you get? Small harvest. If you plant a lot of seeds, what do you get? Big harvest. What I want you to think about as you're making this decision, think about what God can do when you plant a lot of seeds in your life. When you plant that into God's uh, storehouse and you're faithful enough, think what God can do for you. Think what God can bring to your life. And beyond that, think what God can do through Christ church. See, that's what really gets my juices going, is if every one of us would take this message serious this morning and we would make that commitment, can you imagine what God could do through this place? We could put welfare out of business. That's my solution, by the way, to the government's welfare problem. It's the Christian community. If we're faithful and we do what we're supposed to do, there wouldn't be anybody who needs welfare because we'd be providing for them. That's what God can do when we're faithful. I just want to encourage you, folks. Man, take, take today serious, will you?
Just go home and, and pray of it. I got a whole lot more scripture for you in the outline, but I'm, I'm out of time. And, uh, I just want you to take that home and keep, uh, looking at that, uh, and keep praying over that. And don't be afraid at the number at the end. Uh, let me just leave you with this scripture. It's the last one out of, out of Paul's mouth in, in 2 Corinthians. He says, they even ask and begged us to let them have the joy of giving their money for God's people. And they did more than we had hoped. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us, just as God wanted them to do. See, when you give yourself to Christ, you promise you give Him everything. You'll be faithful in all things. You'll trust His promises, not be scared of that number. And you get a vision about what God can do in your life when you get in that position of closeness and favor with Him. Let's pray. The band's going to come up. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we just ask that uh, you would help us to be faithful in all things, Lord. Uh, this is one of those hard places in our lives where it's so easy to hold back, to withdraw, and yet want your blessing. We pray today that as you've been patient with your people from generation to generation, that you'd be patient with us, but but also that you would just inspire us and move us and uh, soften our hearts to this word this morning. Give us such a picture, such a vision of what you can bring to our lives and what you already have, the, the incredible blessings that you pour upon us already. And help us to respond faithfully, to stand up and to stand out not because of us, but because of you. Simply because you're our Father, you're our God, and you have given us all things. We thank you, we praise you for this, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing. Would you please stand and join us?